friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Unlike Anime. Thank you, thank you. I was waiting. Um, hi, I'm George, and uh, with me here is Tony. Where? This is our Sunday episode in which we spotlight something, anything of anime. And uh, if you were listening last week, we queued you in. Wait, it's got to be anime? I thought we were doing Star Trek Voyager. Uh-oh. Because that's what I've been watching this week. Um, I'm on season four. Okay. Um, I'm not. It's not what we're doing? All right. <laughs> no, this is anime, man. What about, what about Big Brother? Is it anime? No. Does it anime? It could. <laughs> it could anime. Can you bop it? <laughs> um, no, we're not here to talk about Star Trek Voyager or, or uh, uh, Big Brother. I feel like I should have watched something else this week. Or the new HBO um, dating reality show called F-Boy Island, which I watched in the first three episodes <laughs> Did you of. watch that? I saw an ad for it. And I was like, what? Um, it's hosted by Nikki Glaser. Who's... Sounds like something you'd watch, though, I guess. <laughs> I mean, not normally. I don't watch The Bachelor or anything. Yeah. Sounds like, but, uh, sounds like you do. I love Nikki Glazer, and I like the concept of the show. It's kind of fun, like it's a twist on those kind of shows. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Who's, who's Nikki Glazer? She's a stand-up comedian, comic, does mm. like roasts a lot, and um, she has oh. stand-up specials. And... Does she do anime? She does not, so well, sorry, then... Nikki. Yeah. See ya, Nikki. Uh, she'll be there waiting for me. We're here to talk about Fruits Basket. 2019. Now just sit on the stairs. He'll be with you in a bit. Yes, I won't keep you waiting long. Gorgeous lady. <laughs> Hilarious, too. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Tony and I, we were into Fruits Basket, uh, the original show, which is 2001, I believe. Which is the original. Yeah, sounds right. 2001. Yeah. Which is the original anime adaptation of the manga which has been a long-running manga, which has since finished uh, post that original anime. And so they, you know, rightly so, it's a popular, very well-known and beloved anime and manga. So they saw fit to do a, a re-adaptation of it in 2019, and that recently uh, concluded. So we thought, uh, what better time to uh, get on this fruit, Fruits Basket train? Actually, get back. Fruba! Fruba! So we uh, we saw it fit to uh, in accordance with that. Check out, check it out. Check this new fruits basket out. And we thought we, you know, it's like we could, you know, we're like, should we watch every like twelve or thirteen episodes, then talk about it? That was the initial plan. You know, the other, the opposite is to just watch all of it and then have a really long episode. But uh, through uh, some technical difficulties, uh, other technical difficulties in the past, we're here to talk about the first twenty-five episodes, which is the first full season. Yeah, we we did already actually talk about the first twelve episodes, um, but it was lost to uh, I don't know my the, error uh, really Scrooge McDuck I think actually was the cause of all of that. Oh yeah, that's, that's what I've been told on Twitter yeah. anyway, and I'm I'm, I'm going to believe it. <coughs> Gesundheit having all sorts of delays. Thank you. You see, you see how I played that into my the character. Oh, nice. It was Gesundheit. German. It was German. Yeah. Because uh, because I am year of the rabbit. That mm, is, yep. We were talking about this right before the, uh, right before we started recording. Because I made a uh, a thumbnail for this episode, which you can see on YouTube or any of the podcast platforms. Um, yeah, and uh, the the rabbits sitting or the animals, sorry, sitting in front of each of us are the uh, representative of the years that we were born. So yeah. I'm, year, I'm year of the rabbit. And I'm year of the tiger. I learned. Yeah. So you're being a little loud for a tiger. I know. I yeah. I should. Uh, this podcast should just be you. Yeah. Just don't bite my hand. <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah. So that's uh, uh. That brings us to fruits basket, which is a very uh, good segue. Uh, very important to know. You know about the Chinese zodiac, uh, as well as know mm. this uh, fable or folktale around it of how you know how the order of the Zodiac uh, animals came to be, um, mm. supposedly, right? But yeah. it's very important to this show. Yeah. Um, so we have our main character, Toru Honda, who, as we learn from the start, I mean, piece things together as you go, you learn a little bit more, but 
essentially her mom has recently died and she's like living in a tent yes. uh, out in the woods. Yeah, um, that's where she we start. Did have a place to live with her grandpa, but there was renovations and he was like, Oh, you can just stay with a friend. And she is just we through so many ways we learn how not only polite she is, but compassionate. She doesn't want to put people out. She always is helpful and, and never holds grudges. Like she's very um almost a little too perfect, but she is she is uh I don't know about perfect, but she's very accommodating. Yeah. She's yeah, and self sacrificial, but like not in a way that has that much of a detriment to her. Like she has a lot of anxiety and like um just in the moment I think about, you know, social faux pas and like, you know, saying the wrong thing, but she often just mm. kind of makes people around her feel more comforted and, and loved uh, more than anything. Yeah. She always speaks in the polite form of Japanese, apparently, mm. which I don't remember. I don't remember that being mentioned in the 2001 series, but uh, maybe it was. Um, it probably was. I don't know. It's difficult to compare something that you watched, you know, <laughs> 10, 20 years ago. <laughs> it is. And it would have been interesting, although we have so much to watch, you guys. But I, I did think that at one point it would be interesting, you know, having watched the this first season to go back and watch the first 24 episodes or whatever oh, yeah. of the original just to be like compare contrast. I ab- Once I finished the last episode of this season, that's what I wanted to do. But um, I was already so short on time this week. There was no way that was going to happen. Uh, so... You know, we're ahead of schedule right now, so I say we just pause the recording and we watch all 24 episodes and then we come back and finish the recording. Um, I love the idea. <laughs> I love the spirit, um, the tenacity, but uh, there's it's, it's just... And they're half-hour episodes, so it's only going to take like 12 hours, George. It cannot be. <laughs> Unfortunately. I have fond memories of that original anime, but it occurred to me watching this new one, because it seems, uh, for, mo- for the most part, it's uh, episode by episode, like it's pretty... At least for the first half, pretty it, close. It remains, um, and I remember the first half was very familiar, and then after that, like episode thirteen, fourteen, I was like, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I remember I had uh, uh, back in the day, I had uh, a Hong Kong bootleg of Fruits Basket, so maybe it only yeah. had the first twelve episodes on it. Oh, uh, that could have been the case because um, I watched. You know, I, I was a big fan of it. I watched it over and over, and always then it end. I always thought it ended really abruptly, which most people have that complaint. But maybe it was even more abruptly if I only had half of what was available. Yeah, I mean, yeah, where did it end then? (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to remember, like, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, what? I I don't know. I guess we can talk about overall thoughts later. Maybe we should dig into more about, like, what what it's about and stuff. But, Mm. uh, yeah, tell us about these Zodiac animals that she uh, comes across. Just a general premise of... Um, so there's a family, uh, called the Soma family who we meet through Toru, um, who are cursed in a way that, uh, causes them to turn into animals of the Zodiac or sometimes different animals or sometimes no animals at all. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird curse. It doesn't yeah. really make a whole lot of sense, but it's, it makes enough sense. It's fine. Um, but yeah, the first ones that she encounters, she's, so she's camping out on this, uh, Mm. property that she just sort of found. And, uh, one morning she's wandering around and she sees this house and she sees these little painted figurines on the porch and decides to check them out. And, uh, and she, someone opens the door and busted. Yeah. (laughs) And the, the dialogue is maybe a little bit different between the two versions of it. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember if it's this one or the original one where he, uh, Shigure is who she meets first. Yes. Um, and it's his he, house. He says something like, Oh, there's, you know, most kids your age aren't really interested in, uh, mm. this stuff. Um, these little painted, uh, stones that have the Zodiac animals on them. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember which one of them. It, it might this, be both of them. I don't yeah, know. it might be. This newer one definitely has that. Because oh, I, okay. I remember that. Okay. And she, like, it kind of, you know, sparks this whole thing where she's like, um, I don't, can't remember if those stones represent the cat or not, but she kind of brings up, She's like, She says the cat is missing. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So she, yeah. She's like, oh, another set where the cat is missing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And so that's where we learn this tale, this, uh, you know popular at least in in japan and and uh, china i would imagine too uh in eastern cultures of of the of how the zodiac 
came to be, which is which is all the animals were um, summoned to the Jade Emperor's um, place, home or whatever, and uh, and they had to cross this river to get there. The cat and the rat, uh, you know, took a ride on the ox because they were like, you know, we can't swim past, you know, across this river. Uh, but then they got into a fight, supposedly uh, across the river, and the rat knocks the cat into the water, and uh, and the cat ends up drowning and not making it, while all the other animals, uh, you know, make their way across it so one way or another. Wait, is this like the original story or the one that's told in Fruits Basket? Because there seems to be a difference here. Oh, maybe I was reading. I was reading about the original today. Um, oh, okay. Because so I, I couldn't remember uh, how they. Uh, phrase the whole cat rat thing but yeah the way in fruits basket that it's presented is that the rat um goes to the cat and says oh it's not till later you can sleep in or something like that right that's what it is okay and so then the cat oversleeps and uh, and the rat does ride on the ox's back and all that stuff but and then the rat and and both in both instances it's the case where the rat like you know, jumps off the ox. And so he makes, he's the he's first the first. One. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair. And I do remember that now that you say that, like it's a more uh, PG version. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like this, yeah, the story you were telling is not, uh, <laughs> but, probably not something they're putting in a children's cartoon, um, which uh, this originally sort of was, but you know, yeah, I don't think it's like super oriented towards children, but, uh, yeah, eh, a little bit given, given, all that's happened up to where we are um, seems like not, but well, right. <laughs> but I suppose telling that story to children, you might, you know, P, you know, tell a PG version uh, instead of, mm-hmm. you know, or a G rated version. Um, but either way, yeah, the, the cat uh, does not make it. Um, he yes. sleeps in or he drowns to death. Mm-hmm. Take your pick. <laughs> um, and so this, this kind of like sets up, uh, she eventually, she ends up meeting Sugar Day, who's the dog as you said, and then she meets, um, and he's kind of the head of this house, uh, yeah. and he has two of his family members that... Um, just one at first. But yeah, just one. Yuki's yeah. there, but uh, the other, Kyo, shows up shortly after. And Yuki, she recognizes from her school as yes. uh, he's, he's a classmate of hers that uh, she doesn't really know or talk to or anything like that, but he's very popular with the ladies. Yes, he's the prince of their high school, whatever yeah. the name of it is. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's fond over and gushed about uh, ad nauseum <laughs> at school. Uh, and he, uh, as we learn, I forget exactly how it happens, but like, you know, we learn how this curse works where if they are embraced or hugged by a member of the opposite sex mm-hmm. who is not also a Soma family member, uh, then uh, they transform into whatever their animal is. And so... Yeah, and this leads me down the path of like, okay, what qualifies as an embrace? Because there are many times that she like grabs one of them by the wrist. I mean, her hand is like completely Mm -hmm. around their arm. Yeah. But that doesn't cause them to transform. I don't know. And I often thought too, like if one of them were to embrace her, then it would turn, you know, I guess she would have to return the embrace, right? Is that... I don't know, man. I don't know. Or if they were to embrace her like from behind, you know, would that count? (laughs) The rules rules are somewhat vague. Yeah. And uh, And, that's okay. And and it's kind of funny because like as narrow as it seems, you know, based on, you know, us not knowing how exactly it all works, there are many, many, many times where it just happens by accident. Yeah. Like Toru, who's sort of a klutz, trips and grabs onto the nearest thing, which happens to be one of the Zodiac members or, yeah, or, one of, or a member of the, of uh, the Soma family anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think when it first happens, like she's both, both Yuki and Shigure like go to like, are there and she, I don't know, she grabs onto both and then it's just like, yeah. What somehow. the heck? Now there's a dog and a rat just hanging out in a pile of clothes. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's the basic concept of Fruits Basket for anyone that hasn't seen it. If you haven't seen it, I don't know why you're listening to this, but you know, well, it's nice to set these things up. Welcome. We can uh, <laughs> we can fill you in on everything that is Fruits Basket. Um, I would recommend watching it rather than listening to us talk about it. But uh, you can just pause the pause the podcast right now. Go watch it real quick. Only take a quick twelve hours. Come back and. Uh, Pick yeah, up on, where you left off. We're breaking it up piecemeal for you. So you want to watch the first season, then come back, listen along, and then, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, you know, about a month or so, we'll uh, we'll revisit the uh, the next season. 
You can watch both first seasons if you want. I don't only take you a, of us. a really quick 24 hour. No, both first seasons. Oh, of the original too. Yeah. The original. There the, you go. The, this first yeah. Season. If you want to show us up, It'd just be a quick 24 hours. Just, you know, get it done. <laughs> so I'll say with the curses, like, like, like you were saying, it doesn't oftentimes make a lot of sense, but like sometimes with the, you know, um, just how, I don't know the whole like physical aspect of it. But uh, the the reason it exists, I believe, is because it it not only illustrates the Soma family, um, the cloud, the dark cloud that's hanging over them, and why they have to be so separate from the rest of society and kind yeah. of insulated to themselves. Um, but then also it like kind of indicates personality traits of these different characters and like how they interact with each other. Like obviously, Yuki and Kyo, the cat and the rat or rat and the cat rather, um, you know, don't get along and, uh, they're always at each other's throats, um, much like in the, uh, you know, the fable where, you know, they just Tom and Jerry. Yeah. The, the, fa- the fable Tom and Jerry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, rat mouse, it's, uh, I, I, I realize there's a distinction in English, but I'm pretty sure that in Japanese Nezumi, uh, covers both of those things. So yeah. So that's a common, that's a common yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but it, but it, you know, extends to the other Zodiac members as well. Um, and how they, yeah, how they relate to one another. So it's interesting in that sense. Like I like it as like a sort of frame, you know, framing device of, uh, of these, you know, this whole family, well, not the whole family, but these key characters in the family. Yeah. There's definitely some, I, I guess the personalities of these family members and the Zodiac signs that and the zodiac signs that are that they represent the personality traits that are supposed to be represented by the zodiac sign that they represent i guess or the animal they represent um is a somewhat you know japanese or at least eastern asian sort of thing yeah like some of them don't i wouldn't think of that animal as having that personality or i wouldn't think of that personality trait belonging to that animal or something like that. But yeah, like you wouldn't guess like, Oh, that character is probably this, you know, or yeah. Well, like the boar who we'll get to eventually. Um, like, yeah, if I was guessing the whole time before it was revealed, yeah. Wouldn't have been my guess. Yeah. That's Um, fair. That's fair. It's just not, uh, the same sort of personality traits that we assign, or we would assign a different animal to those personality traits or something. I don't know. Yeah. And I imagine some of these are more important, than others in the as far as the story goes but uh but along those lines like there the show's interesting like this first season it seems to like be slowly ramping up with the drama but in the meantime we get a lot of like um almost borderline sitcom a lot of a lot of light comedy of like the character interactions and and uh, there's there's also like a will they won't they with like toru split between yuki and kyo and they haven't really committed to any of that yet but it's kind of all like out there in the open um, so we see Toru like going about her day, you know, she, you know, she ends up living with the Somas and they have sort of, sort of an arrangement. Like she kind of brings a lot of light to their lives and she also does all the cooking and cleaning and chores yeah. and everything. So they got it pretty made, um, having her around. Um, well, they needed someone to do that. They had a whole room that was just full of garbage. Yeah. And even Shigure's room is still, um, it's well, like yeah. a bunch of garbage, but, <laughs> but it's yeah, mostly just books everywhere, I think. But yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, dimly lit so it doesn't look doesn't mm. look pretty but uh, but yeah she's she's brought like a, a a maternal presence but also a you know um uh, a tidiness to their lives not only physically but you know um she's she's kind of that wedge between Kyo and and Yuki is like become smaller and smaller it's still there but uh, she's softening them and kind of you know making them tolerate their existence a little more um, but she's really impressive. Like she works a part-time job. She goes to school. She does all the cooking, cleaning and chores at this house. And, you know, like whenever they have a problem or there's some dilemma, she's, you know, there to talk them through it and give, you know, can I, you know, give them warmth. And, uh, so she's, uh, she's an all around kick-ass, uh, person, uh, mm-hmm. who does so much, but then has so little, I guess at the end of it. But, um, the way things are slowly unraveling is like the way I see it is like we keep getting these backstories for these key characters, but we don't get them right away. You know, they're 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 they're. I imagine a very 
um, purposefully placed. Uh, like as far as uh, the climax of this season, which I guess we can end with. I don't know. Uh, we get Keo's backstory, um, mm. which we didn't really know. Like we just knew like his character, you know, traits and like how he interacts with others, which is usually very poorly. He's got a chip on mm. his shoulder, yeah. and uh, I don't know. Maybe we can start with him. I don't know. Yeah, he's one of those. Uh shonen protagonists that screams all the time everything he says pretty much is yeah i don't know just very combative in everything that he says yeah and anytime there's like a moment of vulnerability or like an emotional um you know kind of thing he's always very awkward with it and when it comes to toru like he cares he doesn't want to offend her but he's the way he approaches it is so like you know like you know, I guess like Sundere or something, Sundere, like where it's like, yeah, where it's like, I don't want to be helping you, but I have to show you I care too. Or I don't know, like he doesn't begrudgingly almost like yelling, yelling, like I'm helping you. <laughs> yeah. And at the beginning, he just, it's just sort of a personality flaw in his own character um, where he gets, he gets mad about something and then he's just like, screw everything you know yeah, like just take um, off and yeah and uh ends up yelling at toru yeah a few times does and, that, yeah and eventually he softens a little bit and is more conscientious of uh you know what he's saying and how he's saying it that's true and he's always still rough around the edges but like he's like slowly yeah becoming more and more like a you know fun- functioning <laughs> social yeah uh, entity yeah they show him something like mid-season sometimes he starts to say something angry and then he sort of stops himself and yeah says what he wants to say without the anger yeah yeah, yeah. and still awkwardly <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's really i like his character like it's it's endearing like like if he only would have just re- remained you know that one note um kind of just shouty fighting guy um yeah it would have been really you know not endearing and just annoying yeah well, there would have been no character development. And character development is, you know, kind of what we get into these stories for, you know? Like, if Oh, yeah, of course. Character has to have some sort of arc. So, yeah. You know, but yeah. there are certainly several shows, stories, what have you, that, yeah, don't, oh, yeah. don't deliver on that. Yeah, the character's um, just the same from beginning to end, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And if you were to just watch, like, a few episodes of this, like, you, you may not get that. Like, it doesn't... Uh, it's not necessarily an accelerated thing. Like it kind of, you know, things happen at a decent pace, but it's not oh, like, yeah. it's not like shoving it in your face. Like you got to take some time with it. To, oh yeah. Um, I, I, I really disliked Kyo when I first watched this way back when, Yeah. Uh, for a good portion of the show until he started to prove that he wasn't actually mm-hmm. a complete jerk. Um, yeah. Which he sort of seems like at first, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, and and that's probably what you're not supposed to. <laughs> and on the other side of it, like Yuki is very soft spoken and sweet, I guess, um, but kind of empty too. Or like, yeah, don't really know what's going on in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that seems to tie into uh, like he's kind of shut off to a lot of his feelings and past, mm. um, and and you know he's slowly getting more ready to to share those things. Um, but I guess since we're talking about Kyo, we might as well like talk about the climax of this first season, uh, this emotional uh, climax anyway. Can um, we first talk about how his name is pronounced? Kyo. Okay, good. Because... I, wa- I watched the dub, man, so you're going to have to just... I know, but you, you said Kyo several times. and I've All right, so I've been watching the Olympics a bit, and they say Tokyo all the time. Mm. Tokyo drives me up the wall. Um. Just yeah. like say it like it's two syllables. To kyo. Kyo. That's not, I don't know how to say that. Well it's like Q, but instead of Q, you say Kyo. Tokyo. 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 Yes. All right. Are you sorry. Quite finished. Yeah. Well, it's just a little side rant. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the Olympics did it to me. Yeah. So anyway, uh about that guy, whose name I can't say now. Um we uh we finally get his backstory which um is interesting to me i don't understand where it's going but it's like he's always worn this bracelet it's like a red and white um oh i thought we were saving that for the end are we not gonna all right whatever let's go ahead (laughs) i figured we're already talking about him i mean yeah all right go ahead (laughs) spoilers if you haven't seen the whole season yes of course (laughs) why are you like we said why are you listening to this um so he already turns into a cat we know that we established that that's his Mm -hmm. curse and the cat as 
is is an outsider, and he is also not part of the main family. Of the he's part of the secondary outer Soma family. Yeah, he's not part of the zodiac. He's not part of the zodiac, and it's also illustrating the fact that he's not really like accepted in the Soma family. Like he's like uh, ostracized in a sense. Like um, they don't like you know officially kick him out, but he's just hanging around uh, other Soma member family you know family members. Um, but so we knew that he trained in the mountains prior to, uh, um, showing up at, uh, Shigure's house and meeting, you know, meeting Toru and all that. Uh, and so his, uh, but we never learned anything more until this finale where his trainer shows up, his master. And, uh, we learn that, um, that his mom, uh, was in the picture when he was young, but kind of sheltered him, didn't let him go outside a lot and, um, told him she loved him, but like, because of this reveal that I'm getting to, um, he never really like accepted like you know her actions betrayed her words because um, he could tell like how fearful she was of him because uh, supposedly when this bra- bracelet's removed, um, he turns into this like uh, beast, this sort of uh, almost like almost dragon esque, mm, yeah. uh, which is interesting because the dragon is a zodiac animal but uh, has not been introduced uh, to us yet. I don't know. Mm. Um, and so his master shows up and essentially recognizes that Toru is, is helping, uh, Kyo, uh, but that, uh, that he needs to, he's, he's still holding back and like, he needs to unveil all this secret, uh, to her. And I don't know. It's interesting. Like he, the master has just met Toru, but he feels like it's time. And so he, uh, it's raining outside and he just does it. And so Toru witnesses this and it's this whole dramatic thing um but then that's when we get to learn about like it shows it shows his backstory with his mom of like checking to make sure that that wristband or that uh mm-hmm. bracelet, bracelet yeah. is on every morning like uh which which is funny because like if it wasn't then wouldn't it be more obvious that uh he'd be turning into a beast or whatever but um it's kind of a nervous tick of hers i guess where she's like you know just okay make sure it's there and uh yeah, you still can't go I mean, outside I- but yeah, I don't know that it is fully explained, like, why he turns into that when the bracelet is off, but it seems like the bracelet helps prevent it, or prevents it, prevents him from turning into the, that beast thing. Yeah, it's like but some sort of... if the bracelet is off, he doesn't necessarily always turn into the beast thing, though, either. Mm. Because they... Because at the very end of yeah. the show, um, he doesn't have the bracelet on because it had been removed and he turns back into himself. Yeah. And it's when to- they have this dramatic, this emotional climax, Toru and, and, and he, um, where he kind of, she embraces him and doesn't, you know, she doesn't fully understand, but she wants to be there for him. And then they have this moment and then, yeah, he turns back into a human without the bracelet being on. Right. So it's almost like the bracelet is a metaphor for his uh, inability to um, accept all these things about himself. And like, it's like a, a sign that he's hiding, you know, he's hiding mm. something and not, not being true to himself. I don't know. Maybe. I, don't, I, 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 my feeling was that there was some other factor involved in him turning into this beast. It wasn't just that the bracelet was removed. It was maybe anger or something like that. Because the examples that were given of when this has happened um, involve him being angry, I think, right? Yeah, but she's I mean, mostly angry, but yeah. Yeah, that's true, he is. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's why she was checking to make sure the bracelet was on all the time. Oh, so okay. that if he got angry, he wouldn't turn into... I, I don't know. Maybe. That was my impression of it, but yeah, yeah, I could be wrong. I like that idea. It wasn't established in this, but that doesn't mean anything because like, Clearly, we 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 get little bits. That's how this this yeah. uh, this goes. But um, yeah, we didn't get we didn't get a lot on that. Like there was only like three examples, I think, of the bracelet being removed. One of which is the climax of yeah. the show, and the other two flashbacks. So, but then we do get a little bit of a uh, flashback from his master because, and and I really liked and how the show does this the the emotional relationship between the two of them because. When he was growing up, his grandfather was the cat, mm-hmm. and he was ostracized. And he, they show him in this scene where, um, as a kid, the master kind of curiously goes to like check on him, I guess, and he's mm-hmm. all like locked up, like in a cell. Yeah. Uh, and he extends his hand, the grandpa does to you know to the master as a boy, and and uh, tries to offer him some something, some food or something. 
and uh, and he just you know uh, regrets it, but he you know refused, and you know you know the curse. I think it was a rice ball. It was a rice ball. I think so. Um, but when he extends his hand out, we see that he also has that same bracelet. Um, yeah. So it's a thing that's like in- intrinsically tied to the cat uh, that we don't know more about. Uh, it's just we're just accepting it <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Thank goodness we're getting more seasons of this instead of just ending the show there. Yeah. Yeah. So th- this is that is that about with this climax? That's where the show ended. Yeah. Oh wow. Because I don't remember any of that. Uh, so clearly, I did not see the full. <laughs> yeah. There's like the reveal. There's like the you know Toru you know sort of accepting him and uh, and then it ends similar to how this uh, yeah. season ended, except that we get more. there was never more of it. <laughs> Um, and sometimes yeah. it pays to wait till it, you know the thing is done, mm. which uh, we we're doing. I mean, <laughs> they could. I, I think. I think there was enough material. They probably could have made more in the past, but mm. I think maybe the original mangaka wasn't very happy with the uh, the adaptation that the original was given with all of the added uh, silliness and sitcommy mm. humor stuff that was thrown in. Yeah, and that, and that a lot of that stuff I can just see like undercutting some of these like more dramatic emotional tender scenes yeah i mean this ver this version of it the this newest version of it is yeah like it still has like some jokes in the beginning and stuff mm. but it takes on a much more serious tone as, yeah. as we go on and it still um, does like like even in this in these final episodes of this season like there's still moments where you know somebody will approach toru and like you know yuki and and will kind of you know do something to embarrass her and it'll it'll show like these dramatic like anime like you know big circle eyes of her just being like dumbfounded or whatnot like it still does those kind of silly things but it it, it mixes it in very nicely of like when you get to those like emotional uh dramatic moments it's not like a completely different show like it's still kind right. of meshes together um, but yeah, that was, I mean, we, we waited, I mean, to get all of that, uh, for you or for Kyo, uh, that was, uh, 25 episodes just to get to his backstory. So, and like, he was introduced, I think in the first episode in the latter half. Mm. Um, yeah. and so, uh, that's quite a while to wait. And there's some characters like Shigure who owns the house they live in. Um, I still don't know much about him. Yeah. We, I mean, we know a little bit about, Yeah. A little but stuff, he, but not anything serious. Right? And there's even been scenes where Toru's kind of asked him a question or something. And he's been like, oh, you know, yeah, in, in time, you sh- you'll know the answer to that. Um, so clearly he's holding back. But I think that leads us to Yuki because he's another character we don't know much about. Um, but at the end of the season, in the wake of everything that happens with Kyo, uh, he, I don't know, it's kind of, I, I like this scene where he, um, um, this other character who's in the Soma family, who's the uh, ox. His name is uh, I didn't write it down, but uh, no, you did. Well, we didn't. I didn't write it down because it didn't get a backstory for him. Oh, okay. Um, Something with a K. I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. Um, but he he kind of uh, in the end of the season tips off Yuki that how worried Toru is about him. You know, just lately, and so he approaches Toru and just wants to let her know, like I'm taking these baby steps i'm trying to get better and and i eventually want to tell you everything um like so and he really you know just specifically her you know kind of telling her that and so like this last episode really ties together you know uh and doesn't you know direct us in any way but like she has this emotional moment with kyo and then and then yuki they have this conversation of like you know like I'm, I want to tell you everything. I'm just not ready yet. So like, please bear with me. So it's still keeping options open for Toru with, uh, with a love interest thing. But, um, uh, but yeah, aside from that, like, um, we know there's some dark stuff in his past and we know like it involves Akito, which is a, uh, still like not really an adult. I don't know how old he is, but he has a lot of power within the Soma family and, and people are afraid of him. If he's an adult, he's just barely an adult, I yeah. guess, like 18 maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely teenage, late teens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's the, the head of the family. Like, yeah. And we don't really know how that came to be, like how he came to be the head of the family. Mm. Um, if it's like a passed down thing from father to son, or I mean, probably not. But Yeah, because uh, we learned that a lot of, um, we're talking about this off mic, but like a lot of the parents aren't represented. And for some of them, it's explained of like, like you were saying, um, Momiji. Yeah. Like Momiji either, like they can't handle it and they have to erase their memory 
or they become like uh, like um, uh, Kyo's mom. They become too uh, uh, fixated on their safety right. and trying to. Or you know, uh, Kisa is that her name? Kisa, the yeah, yeah, overprotective. Yeah, her mom is very overprotective too. Yeah, um, which is interesting, and so I, I imagine that would that just at, at large not only describes why Akito is the head of the family, but also why a lot of the parents are just not are absent. Um, mm, I imagine yeah. unless they, unless some of I'm guessing some of them will play some role uh, later on, but um, who knows? It's an interesting dynamic where you have like, cause you have this family that's kind of has to be insulated from regular society to a certain degree, mm-hmm. but then within themselves, there's all this, all this strife and, and drama and, you know, so it's like, it's just like a living hell, whether they're in it or out. Um, they can't I mean, find even, peace. even within the family they're that inner core, or at least the, the cursed, um, mm-hmm. somas are isolated from the rest. Like the somas are yeah. a very large family is explained at some point. Like there's this whole Huge. essentially village, you know, of 125 families or something like that. Mm. Um, but then you've got the ones who are cursed, who are the ones that change into animals. Yeah. And then you've got like this inner core, which is like the Zodiac, um, mm. which I guess are sort of a ruling class. It seems like, except I, it doesn't seem like Yuki, uh, takes much interest in, uh, being part of that. And, yeah. And probably because of his backstory and, you know, his history with, uh, Akito. Um, like even the ones that are kind of in it and more play a bigger role also seem to maintain some distance and walk on eggshells at the same time. Like it's not like this, like, Oh, there's, there's no open hearted, you know, you know, not a lot of hugging, you know, it's like Toru mm. brings in like all of this, like positive emotion and, and just more maternal loving, you know, sense that is kind of absent from a lot of, not all of the family members, but like a lot, especially when you get higher up there, it's like, seems kind of cold and detached. Yeah. Well, and just sort of, I guess they are that way because of they're trying to protect mm. the family from the outside, I guess. Yeah. There's like a sort of element of politics within that of like, yeah, how they, how they do that, how they go about doing that and, and what they do with people who uh, like outsiders who, uh, who may be a threat or, or whatnot. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Yuki, that's, that's mostly what we know about him. We meet his older brother, uh, the snake. Uh, his name is, uh, Aya... Ayama or something like that. Ayama, maybe. I think so. Yeah. Um, and he owns like a, uh, costume boutique shop or something. Yeah. That he, he rents made outfits and things yeah. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's, I don't know, he's, I'm not a big fan of him. He's kind of annoying, but, um. He's a snake, that guy. He's a snake. So he's... <laughs> Going under ladies' clothes. Mm-hmm. No, he's literally a slate snake. That's yes, what I, yeah. <laughs> in case anyone doesn't know. I think that fits. I think that fits him. That suits him. Yeah. He <laughs> seems like character-wise, he seems kind of like a, a ditz. Like he doesn't, he doesn't like, get stuff. Yeah, like he can't read know? a room. Like, yeah. But I was, I was like, is that a put on or like, is that real? Like, I don't know. He seems like he might have something going on underneath the surface that he's, um, mm. I don't know. Hiding, but uh, but yeah. Beyond that, we have a few other characters. Uh, so we brought up Ayema, I think is something like that, uh, and he's uh, childhood friends with uh, Shigure, who we talked about, and then mm-hmm. they sort of form a trifecta bond with um, Hattori, who is sort mm-hmm. of the Soma family doctor. Yes, um, but he's another backstory we uh, we get um, get. Yeah, we get some of his um, uncomfortable, unhappy backstory. About him having met a girl and uh, them being engaged and falling in love and yeah, I think they got engaged anyway. I think right? so. Yeah, yeah. I think they were engaged. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, at some point she just can't handle the stress of it. I guess of or is it? I don't even remember exactly. This was fairly early on in the season. Ago. So, um, is it is it that she finds out about his the curse, um, or is it that like after she finds out it sl- creates like a slow downward spiral sort of thing. I think so. Do they have a kid or no? I don't know. Like I might be confusing. It with no, they, one. I mean, they never get married or anything. So. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. Not that you have to be married to have children, but you know, yeah. in, in, in this, this family, case, I don't think. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't remember exactly. It must be that like you were saying like that she just couldn't 
like she knew like she was knew about it but just couldn't handle the pressure or yeah um, something i mean obviously there's a lot of pressure just being in the soma family becoming part of the soma family is, yeah. is probably pretty stressful so well, i remember I too there was some altercation with akito that like he kind of like lashed out at her or like hit her or like like he didn't uh, he, he didn't like her for for him or something like there's something with akito there where like like he was micromanaging their relationship or something yeah i kind of remember that of, yeah uh, and that was kind of our first um, taste of him, of like what he's like. So I kind of heard yeah, about him a little bit. That's true. I was like, that's oh, true. wow, he's a prick who, you know, can't leave well enough alone. Uh, but then, you know, playing into the context of like, you know, keeping their secrets and, and, and not letting, you know, being careful of what outsiders you let, let in. But that's a whole other thing when we learn about that. Like, it's the context is applied directly to Toru. And it's like, outsiders are not generally accepted but yet right. here you are and she's kind of yeah. like okay I don't, I don't know and has akito's blessing i guess you know like they yeah like so uh, far yeah yeah they they definitely sort of asked if this was okay if she moved in right yeah so and he he granted it he said yeah so i don't know yeah it's uh it's interesting yeah some interesting dynamics going on there like that not something Knowing what we know about that character, it's not uh, what we would expect from him, I guess. Yeah. To be so willing to, I don't know. There's, there's something yeah, going there's something, on there. Yeah. He's got, he's got something going on. He's playing that. like, you know, 3D chess or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever that uh, expression is. Um, but yeah, like we, there's so much more we need to know about him. Um, yes. Before the, the climax of this show. Um, and then that brings us con- connected to Hattori with the backstory, but we kind of mentioned him before, Momiji, who mm. is the uh, rabbit. The rabbit. Uh, that's your boy. Yep. And uh, we got some of his backstory, which is related to, you know, sort of how people are handled in the family, like when things go awry. Um, but yeah, his mom, um, that's probably what I was confusing the other one with, but like gave birth to him and then just like couldn't handle the whole Zodiac thing and like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was too much. Um, and so now he, like her memory has been erased and he still sees her from time to time around and knows that that's his mom, but she has no idea. She thinks like he's still part of the family, but like yeah. not her child, but right. she still has his younger sister who he knows is his sister. And she's still married to his dad. Yeah. Who his, his memory wasn't erased. So he knows yeah. Yeah. But did we really meet the dad much? Because that would have been no, like no, okay. it's, it just just mentioned. I yeah. think. Yeah. Because that like speaking of parents not being represented, like these are some parents that are that exist and they're mm. part of the family and they're you know, but uh, it's not important. <laughs> this is a story about the kiddos, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then yeah, so his sister Momo, and, that, and that's just heartbreaking. Like I don't know that aspect. Um, Momiji in the dub. I know I, I touched on this on our lost episode. We talked about this, but um, he's a German uh, of German descent. I, I don't really know yes. what you know if he lived in Germany or if he was just born there. Or um, but in the dub, they really go for this like you know English, but it has a German accent, and it's I've gotten used to it at this point. But it was kind of like um, distracting at first. <laughs> In the in the Japanese dub, the Japanese version, mm. he speaks German with a Japanese accent, basically. So, oh wow, yeah, interesting. And they understand him. <laughs> yeah, well enough, I guess. I yeah. mean, not that they really understand what he's saying when he's speaking German, I guess. But, yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, learning his backstory it was kind of heartbreaking for me. Um, and then I guess after that, um, um, Toru has these two friends, or like two best friends mm. at school, and they're very protective of her. They knew her mom, which we knew, but then uh, not too long ago, we got their backstories and mm. kind of ties into how they knew her mom and, and why they're so close and why their bond's so strong. Yeah, and this is one of the big differences, I guess, between the original adaptation and this adaptation is that we see both of these backstories in quite a bit more detail. Like we had hints that these backstories existed, I guess, mm. in the original adaptation, but no, nowhere near the depth of, or explanation of yeah. you know, exactly what the story was. But yeah, yeah, we've got 
Uotani, mm-hmm. who uh, was uh, one of Toru's classmates, who uh, was a, a troublesome uh, wannabe gangster girl, I guess. Um, yeah, delinquent. Who, and, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and she idolized this uh, gangster uh, of an older generation. Um, the Crimson Butterfly. The Crimson Butterfly, yeah. yes. Uh, which it turns out is actually Toru's mom. Um, mm. She's the Crimson Butterfly. And she gave up being a, a gangster to, you know, have a family and yeah. be a mom and stuff. And uh, so Uotani uh, hears a, that um, the Crimson Butterfly has a daughter who actually goes to the same school as her, mm. knows that her last name was changed to Honda because... Mm. Uh, she got married or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Through the grapevine. She heard that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just happens to run into Toru one day and finds out that she's, uh, the daughter of this, you know, gangster that she idolizes and then goes home with her because she wants to meet her idol. And, uh, and all she finds is a doting mother, not a hardcore motorcycle gang member. Yeah. Um, and which she's, is what she expected. And the immediate reaction is like utter letdown and disappointment. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, she kind of continues in her delinquent ways and at some point runs into Toru again or something. And uh, Yeah, she's like running from some people that are trying to, I don't know, beat her ass. And uh, yeah. Toru, she runs across, like while running away, she like bumps into Toru and Toru like, you know, brings she her back. Grabs to, her and drags her home. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, what's happening? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's like through that, like slowly wins her over. Like she kind of sees the merit of this life that they're living and, and, and she's not at first, but she's starts spending it's, more and more time with them. Yeah. I mean, it's like Kyoko's mothering is what Kyoko being Toru's mom. Yeah. Um, her mothering nature kind of starts to soften Uotani over time. Um, when she kind of, um, contrasts it with like her like home, which is like her mm. dad, like her mom's out of the picture and her dad's just like, drinks a lot of beer and like, you know, it's just, you know, watches TV a lot and is, you know, like the, it's always dim in her place, you know, and she, mm. um, doesn't really, it doesn't really feel like a home to her. And, and now she's seeing like what it could be like. Yeah. And I think Uwatani maybe respects, uh, Kyoko's mothering a little bit because I don't know. I feel like Kyoko must just put, something on it like uh yeah i used to be like you i see how you are and you know yeah. um because we 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 kind of see uotani um in the episode in which we see her backstory mm. the current events that are happening we see uotani kind of uh taking that same tone and that same attitude towards some younger girls who mm. you know basically want to beat her up because she quit the gang or whatever. Yeah. Um, she has this perspective and, and she says some, you know, very thoughtful and kind things to them. And, uh, and then one of them comes to sort of idolize her a couple of them actually. Yeah. I guess. Leaves uh, an impression. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a great episode. It's like, uh, it's good. Yeah. And I really like, um, I mean, there's a whole aspect. Well, so, I mean, there's a whole aspect of like, she starts spending more and more time with, with, uh, at Toru and Kyoko's house and just more and more gets won over by that. And then it all ends in like, you know, she wants to leave the gang. And so it turns into a whole thing and like, they're all just wailing on her. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then Kyoko ends up, hears about it, uh, from, uh, one of, uh, um, Uatani's, you know, delinquent buddies who didn't sit right yeah. with her. One of, one of her, elder you know, senpai uh, yeah. within the gang who also knows Kyoko from back in the day. She's like in that age group in between. So yeah. she sort of knows both of them and like a legend for that, for their, their generation or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so Kyoko shows up and, and kind of saves the day, you know, rescues her uh, yeah. from that. Um, but then what I love is that because up until this point, we kind of saw like her reaction with her dad, like, like uh, in current time, Uotani, like she uh, monitors what he drinks, you know, she like cuts him off and like she does a lot of the cooking and cleaning. Mm-hmm. The lights are on. Like it's a complete opposite. Like she she took what she saw, you know, Kyoko had done and like applied it to her own life. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like just like once Kyoko died, she missed that and was sad. Like she actually like turned it into, you know, something that could be positive in her life. And like she's probably prolonging her dad's life because she's, mm-hmm. you know, 
uh, kind of taking uh, taking control there. Like I, I don't know, I like that whole full circle uh, thing. Yeah, it 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 really is. It's a great episode. I have no idea. Like I'm assuming this is uh, original material from the manga. I yeah. Think. As far as I've seen, I, I I looked up to see like if there was any filler, and it looks like literally every single episode is 100% canon. Nice. Um, there's probably little bits that are changed, but like overall. Uh, so yeah, this was in the original manga and it wasn't adapted into the original animation. Mm, yeah. Um, which, huge oversight. Probably because it's hard to make it funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know? they were going, they're, they're making a different show then. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not a light humorous show. It's like a mm. good drama. You're probably going to cry sort of. Yeah. yeah. And I, I've, I've had a couple of tears. I haven't like, hasn't really hit me yet, but I feel like all the stuff that they're laying out is going to really come back and, uh, mm-hmm. and be effective uh, for a really good, you know, dramatic story, but it's also going to just probably tear me apart at some point. So I'm, I'm waiting for it. Yeah. This, this the particular episode we're talking about with Uotani and um, mm. Kyoko, like, I mean, honestly, we don't even see that much of Kyoko in the original adaptation. Right. Mm. Um, so this was like, so much more of her yeah, and like which is great yeah um yeah this one this one got me a little misty eyed a little bit yeah you know? for sure this one was up there for me too and i i always even before these backstories i'm so happy to get for uotani and uh we'll get to wave girl next uh hanajima but um i always i they were kind of two of my favorite characters because they're they're funny and they're always you know they're always mm-hmm. uh defending toru and um yeah they're like firm friends basically yeah. like they're always they always have her back basically yeah. right and like when yuki and kyo enter the picture they're kind of like you know we got to kind of see what check these guys out. are all about yeah. yeah like are you are you good for our toru and it's uh it's 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 really not even before these uh, the backstory like it just uh uh was kind of endearing and it just made it more uh more so that's good stuff but yeah hanajima is a <laughs> wave girl um yep which Ah oh, man, like there's this whole thing of like these girls at school who are in love with Prince Yuki and they're like we're going to go mm. to her house and um and kind of find exploit her weakness. We're going to get some dirt on her. Right. And she's, you know, she's up to what they're trying to do and and all that. Mm. Um but that's uh and it doesn't really, you know, we we kind of see more of her house and like we meet her brother and stuff. Um, but then it's, it, this leads us into the next episode where we get to learn like a whole lot more about, mm-hmm. um, about her upbringing and stuff. And, uh, and yeah, this one was pretty emotional too. Like, yeah. um, yeah, where to, where to begin, but essentially she has like a, they established, she has like some sort of, um, I don't know what you call it. Like psychic power. Yeah. Of some sort psychic, ish, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, ESP extra sensory perception yeah. or something like, um, waves <laughs> yeah she's the wave girl um and that was always played for laughs you know up until this point mm. um but then we learn like uh that there's like a darker thing to that and so essentially when she was young she was at this other school where she was uh picked on a lot made fun of because she was so quiet and kind of i don't know gothic before gothic was cool <laughs> uh you know too young to be gothic i guess um but yeah she uh she was picked on so much in this one instance where she was just wishing for this boy that was teasing her to die. And then he ends up like in that moment collapsing and he doesn't die. Um, but he, uh, but he doesn't wake up for like two weeks or yeah, something. I don't something remember exactly like what that, it is, yeah. but yeah. Um, and so the whole school essentially it gets out that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this correlation between that. And so it doesn't help the bullying. It actually makes it worse. Um, like mm-hmm. people are afraid of her, but then even more, um, against her because of that and uh so she ends up getting bullied so and she and she and she guilt herself so much over this like it's uh the way they portray that was pretty uh, uh mm. pretty heartbreaking too like just yeah. this child like you know not you know feeling so all, you know all the way to that guilt and like her parents mm. are comforting and they try to help her but it's like it's just like not enough but anyway she gets bullied so much that she has to leave that school it just kind of seems like the best option and that's when she goes to the school where uh toru and uh uatani are friends like we already got uatani's backstory and i loved in uatani's backstory that she kind of mentions this everybody like oh yeah and then we met hanajima <laughs> her mm. her version was very much like yeah yeah she was cool <laughs> um 
but yeah, so they, they, she meets them and, and they, you know, she's still trying to keep to herself and not get involved with people. She's still terrified of hurting someone or, or getting pushed to a, to a brink where, where she, you know, um, loses, you know, loses her grip on, you know, what she's thinking and what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, but they just, you know, open arms, they take her in and, and, uh, it all kind of culminates in somebody recognizing her and, and knowing these rumors. It's not going to be really open arms. I mean, they kind of force her in, they yeah, grab yeah, her, they, they pull her in, you know? <laughs> well, Uwatani's very aggressive. But Toru make, you know, her meeting Toru has kind of opened her heart more. So it's like, it's all in, you know, in the, yeah, you're right. I mean, like, yeah, Uotani for sure is like, no, you're sitting with us. <laughs> you're having lunch with us. Uh, and then Toru is just sweet. And, uh, you know, it's a good combo, I guess. Good cop, bad cop. I don't know. <laughs> Friends. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> good friend, bad friend. I, mean, I don't know. That doesn't work the same. Sweet friend, aggressive friend. That's <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. Sure. That works. Um. Uh, yeah, and then I, I forget exactly, but like, like it all comes out. You know, somebody else calls her out. Like, aren't you that girl that al- almost killed that one or did kill? Like, mm. the rumors get. Oh yeah, and it's of, like it's like super exaggerated beyond actuality as yeah. well. But yeah, but she feels she still feels so guilty about it that it, it's as if she killed that boy. Like yeah. in her mind, it's so it's so intense. Um, and then yeah, of course, Uatani and Toru are like, whatever. We you know, you're our friend. Like, that's just your past. Like we accept you and I don't know, just fun, you know, heartwarming themes. Uh, I don't know if I missed anything in there, but, uh, Uh, no, I mean, I mean, you covered, you covered all of it, but like, yeah, the backstory when she's younger is, it's pretty dark. Like her, yeah. I mean, her personal feelings about herself are pretty dark. Yeah. She feels like she doesn't deserve to have any friends. I think you said like, she feels like she's, being punished for what she did and that she deserves that punishment that she's getting, um, by not having any friends and isolating herself. And yeah, it's again, probably why it wasn't adapted into the original anime. And it's so true to life in a lot of cases, I think when, when maybe not this specifically, cause she has like these sort of otherworldly abilities, but it's like when, when a young person like this is dealing with, so much of this guilt or, or this uh, anxiety or, you know, whatever it is that's weighing them down. Like they're a lot of times, you know, they have like a good comfort system of their parents or in this case, her younger brother, like they care for her and they want to help her so bad. But in a, in, in a lot of uh, true life cases, it's like, they don't know how, like they're just, they're there for them. And it's not until they meet someone else, you know, that is separate from that. I don't, I don't mm. know what it is, but you know, they, they, they get some other perspective and, and they, they feel like they have like a place that, grounds them right yeah and that's sort of what they go into at the end of the episode is that yeah my parents were always there loving and supportive but uh i didn't really recognize that um yeah until i met these other people that gave me the gave me support as well and yeah i don't know yeah that's interesting yeah and i like that um and this show is like i mean it, it goes dark places emotionally but it's all it's all about like finding that light and, and Toru like um, as a character, she's like, she doesn't have a lot of flaws. I mean, she has some, um, but like she represents that light and it's so, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that's the whole point of, of her character. Um, and I do like her. I'm not trying to, I'm just being a little critical of her. Like she is kind of like can almost do no wrong, but she's so mm-hmm. sweet and, and humble that it, it, you know, it's, it works, I think. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're getting pretty long here. Yeah. We've reached, uh, we've reached our hour. That's our cap. So, uh, I don't know. Final thoughts. We had, we had a lot more to like, you've got a whole list. Well, I got one more character we didn't talk about. Oh, is that it? And I didn't think it's that important at this point. Who was it? Kisa? Well, it's actually mine. It's the tiger. Kisa. Oh, Kisa. Okay. I was, I mean, that ties in with, uh, not Uotani, but Hana, um, because of the bullying thing as well. Oh yes, right? that's true. So yeah. That ties it sort bu- of makes sense that we were talking about her next. Um, and it also ties into, you know, just how great Toru is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, we don't necessarily need to talk about her backstory. I don't know how important it's going to be. It was just sort of, you know, yeah. And it was um, pretty brief, it's a little revelatory of, uh, Yuki's backstory, um, mm. in that he went through a similar thing, not with bullying, but because of shut down, uh, Akito's uh, behavior towards him. Yeah. Um, that he did the same thing. He sort of shut down after being bullied. And uh, yeah. And that's sort of what her story is about and how 
Toru, just being sweet sunshine that she is, brings her out of that and yeah. is, is sort of doing the same thing for Yuki. Even though his, yeah. his trauma was years ago, he was still holding on to it. But he's, or she's sort of bringing him out of that as well. Um, so it just sort of is a story to illustrate and highlight that, I think. Yeah, it's good for us, the audience, but it's also probably good for Yuki witnessing her you know, get, you know, help Kisa so much and him, you know, relating, you know, somewhat to what she's going through. So it's like, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, there's hope for me. Like, and then sort of Toru's uh, desire to help Kisa sort mm-hmm. of makes Yuki want to do the same thing. And he starts sort of, you know, talking to Kisa yeah. about, you know, yeah. his personal backstory and, uh, That's true. and that stuff too. And yeah, so Toru's spreading a little bit, um, we see a fair amount of that throughout the season. In fact, where she is infecting others with her politeness. She's a glorious <laughs> hippie goddess. <laughs> she's pretty great. She's a she's a, a super lovable character. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, you know, like she's designed that way. Like, there's. Yeah. I don't know if there's any way you could not like her unless you're like, <laughs> oh, she's just she's too lovable. Like it's weird when she's not on screen. Like, oh, yeah. which she almost always is. But yeah, yeah she's yeah. the center of the story for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, whenever she isn't and some other characters talking about important stuff, but it's like, give me Toru. I need, I need the light back. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm enjoying the show. Um, I guess I'm about a seven. Uh, it has, it has some nice highs in this first season, but like I, I'm, I expect it to ramp up from here. Um, but it's a solid show and I, I like it. It's a super solid adaptation. Um, I love the original show. Um, Mm. despite the fact that it, ended so not super abruptly but like it ended and then didn't continue like there was yeah. obvious that there was more that there was supposed to be um and it didn't continue not um, satisfying conclusion but yeah i i enjoyed the original show a lot and uh when i when i first started watching this one i watched like the first three episodes and i was like eh, i mean it's like a different tone a little bit and yeah i wasn't sure about the the character design changes or the difference from the original one Mm. um but then after i yeah after i came back and and picked it up and started watching it again uh yeah the old characters look weird to me now so yeah that's true and it's a good looking show like um, oh yeah it looks it looks really good uh very consistent it it felt more modern and i think maybe that's what i didn't like about it yeah Um, kind of reconcile those uh old memories yeah i just needed to watch a little bit of it and then take a while off and then come back to it and be like oh yeah this is what they're supposed to look like yeah because when i first watch it that's not what they're supposed to look like (laughs) um but yeah no i it's funny because i think i would have given the original one like an eight um back before i watched any of this right Mm. uh and this is essentially the same story and in fact better in many ways. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I'm in the same place at like a seven. Mm. Um, mostly because it's a good solid beginning to there being more. Yeah. Whereas the original one. Yeah. The original one. I don't know. I don't know how to reconcile those numbers in my mind. I mean, there's just that sort of, uh, yeah. Fondness, the, the member berries, I guess maybe, yes. uh, result in that extra point. Um, but this is, this is a better show than that show was, yeah. I think. Yeah. You know? And something we needed, like this, I'm so glad they did this. Like, yeah. yeah. And I can't wait to see how this story ends. Yeah. So we've got, yeah. What another 25 plus 13 episodes left. Yeah. So I think we're going to meet again, uh, to talk about the second season in about four or five weeks, something like that. Something like that. Uh, like I said, it's supposed to be five per week. We're on week five now. So we should have watched 25. So we're right on track. In fact, okay. nice. All right. So yeah, another five weeks and okay. then we'll, we'll do the next one. And then sweet another, however many weeks, uh, three weeks after that, we'll do the, the finale of the last season. So yeah, and I was thinking this one would be shorter than an hour and like that final one would be like a, you know, a longer episode when we know everything, but uh, mm. who the hell knows? Uh, I'll be, an yeah, hour. I don't know. I, I, I felt like I didn't have a whole lot to say about this and, and we started talking about it and you know, can't shut me up, I guess. Yeah. No, I'm very similar. <laughs> and I think, I think we touched on a lot of good, really solid emo- like moments, like really good writing. Um, and a lot of these characters, uh, I think anyone who hasn't watched this show listening to this 
is going to have no idea what this show is about because we didn't really go into like plot that much, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's sort of like, I mean, we went through character yeah. by character instead of plot point by plot point, you yeah. know, through the story. So Which I think it's more is how it's, how it's told. Cause it's like the plot itself is more about, yeah. Learning about the characters. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I think it's a great way to go through it because you know, yeah, each mm-hmm. of the characters has their own development through the series and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I think it's a, I'm just saying, like anyone that yeah. hadn't watched it, they're they're not going to have any idea. So well, let us know, yeah. especially uh, you, uh, anime princess fourteen out there, since you you <laughs> yeah. listen to our episodes. Uh, anyone quite anyone frequently. who who hasn't watched this show and listened to this entire episode, yeah, let us know what you think of yeah. this. It's it probably sounds like a jumbled mess to you, but then go watch the show and then listen to this episode again. And uh, and then tell all your friends to listen to this episode and tell them that, that they can find us on uh, on all the social medias at Umlike Anime. That's U M L I K E A N I M E. They can leave us comments, just like the comments that you're going to leave us. Um, that was a, that was a really subtle segue, wasn't that it? Was bom- that was amazing. <laughs> that was masterful, as far as I'm concerned. I knew where I was going with it, but it felt it felt heavy handed. No, when I, I think did it was it. good. I, th- I think right. when we hear it back, it'll be golden. All right. Anyway, yeah, you can find us on all the socials. Uh, leave us comments. We like to hear from you. Uh, how do you feel about uh, this version of Fruits Basket versus the old version of Fruits Basket? Uh, I'll ask, please, no spoilers for the following seasons of Fruits Basket because we have not yet watched them. Unless, Let us spoil that for you. Unless you're uh, listening to this, you know, at least five weeks in the future, in which case feel free to spoil season two of Fruits Basket because we will have already seen it by then. Um Yeah, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I need another beer. Love you guys. Bye.